1: Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football. It is Thursday, September 2nd. My name is Kay Adams, Peter Schrager, Kyle Brandt, D'Angelo Hall with us all week. The Northeast experiencing some flash flooding, Hurricane Ida making its way up the coast. So our thoughts out to everyone here on the East Coast that is uh, in the path and dealing with some of the ramifications, but our hearts, our prayers still very much with the state of Louisiana, with the Gulf Coast region. And it's not just about thoughts and prayers, there are actions. You can do text not, uh, Ida, IDA to 90999 and automatically donates $10 to the Red Cross Relief for Hurricane Ida. People truly, truly need our help all up and down the coast, but especially there in the Gulf Coast region. So please do your thing. We, of course, are thinking about everybody affected by this wherever you may be. Let's talk some football now. It's time for the lead block. Lead block. Let's do it. Safe to say we've all liked what we've seen. Let's talk about our backyard here in New York. Zach Wilson. Uh... You know, looked solid running the offense in certain points. Nice highlight plays. Wow plays, as I like to call them. certainly shaking off some of those negative reports from Jets training camp. So far, so good for the number two overall pick. Let's hear from a former quarterback. This isn't the first time he's talked about Zach Wilson, but Tony Romo having more praise for the rookie.
0: I actually think um, Zach Wilson With the Jets is going to turn that franchise around. I think Zach Wilson is going to be in discussion as one of the top three to five quarterbacks very quickly, you know, within the next couple of years, I think you're going to see him rise and just, I think he's unbelievable. His ceiling is so high. It's rare for me to say someone has the ability to get in the stratosphere of a Mahomes, but I think this kid actually has that ability. So uh, when you have a quarterback like that, I think there's no telling how good you can be. He can make up for a lot of weaknesses.
1: Now, we should say Tony Romo's not the first one to make these comparisons. We heard Patrick Mahomes. We heard Aaron Rodgers through the draft process. I, D'Angelo, subscribe to the... I'm a longtime disciple of undersell over deliver. Don't overhype somebody. How do you feel about Tony Romo putting Zach Wilson in that same convo with a Mahomes-like character?
2: Yeah, Kay, I feel the same way. And Tony Romo's a guy who's played in this league. He's played the quarterback position at a high level. And so for him to kind of just throw those names out, um, it does seem a little bit premature. I mean, can I at least see a real game first? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the preseason... Yes, Zach Wilson showed you some things that had you like, okay, this team can be really good with him at at the quarterback position. But because of of the way they run this offense – things have to work kind of hand in hand. The run game has to be working for Zach Wilson to really reach that full potential. And so, to me, it's, it's just so many other variables, right? And then keeping weapons around him, making sure the offensive line stays healthy. It's not just about Zach Wilson at the quarterback position. And so, yes, I think Zach Wilson's ceiling is 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 very high. That's why he was taken where he was in the draft. But, you know, even, even listening to Tony, like, I know Tony personally. Yeah. He didn't sound very excited in, in the midst of that conversation. So to me, I'm not, I'm not buying any of that. I'm just saying Tony Romo's trying to have a drop-the-mic moment yeah. and make a statement, uh-huh. make a headline. Uh-huh. Um, which is because why, I'm not so just, just quite yet.
3: Which is why it's interesting, because that's not been Romo's M.O. as an announcer. Like, he's a made man. He makes more in broadcasting than anybody on television. He doesn't need to do anything more. He does what he does. He talks about the games, and he's great when he does it. Um, he didn't need to go this far. Mm. Like, he hasn't done this for other players. He's been doing it for five years since he's been playing. He's been in the booth. He doesn't make comparisons to Mahomes for these other rookies. And then two weeks ago, he was at that Utah golf event, and he compared him to Dan Marino, same player, Zach Wilson. So it's like I- I'm baffled by this from Romo, and I'm wondering if he is convicted, Is he, if he's got conviction, like, that is a huge thing for Tony Romo to say, that I think I see him as Mahomes and Dan Marino, who are two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play football right out of the gates. Like, Marino was an MVP his second year. Mahomes was an MVP his second year. Marino broke the touchdown record his second year. Mahomes threw for 50 touchdowns his second year. He's saying it for Zach Wilson after two preseason games? I am shocked by this. Kind of like it. Like, kind of like it when someone goes down on the limb, but... Make no mistake, Tony Romo is not a hot take artist, and has no incentive to be a hot take artist. He's already paid; his money's coming. He's not trying to make a blog uh, headline and mm-hmm. to get those like Instagram hits going. Romo's being paid by CBS a handsome amount of money. He didn't need to go out this mm-hmm. far in the limb, which yeah. is why mm-hmm. it moves mm-hmm. my needle and why I'm like, "Whoa, that's so strange." So, yeah. Kyle usually weigh in pretty good on these other media guys talking about. Well, oh, yeah,
4: you, you know how these calls are. You can't hear. It's maybe you thought they asked about Russell Wilson. <laughs> I, I, that's like my, it's my best theory at this point. Uh, but tis the season. This is this is all going on. Okay. Zach Wilson is Mahomes meet Rogers. Uh, yesterday, there was comparisons all over the media of Mac Jones and Tom Brady. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is LeBron, and Justin Fields is not allowed to have comparisons. Trey Lance is Shane <laughs> Falco. Like, this is the time now. This is the 83 quarterback class right now, right before we start. I, like, I don't know what the hell Romo's talking about. Like It's right? very... It feel like this it? is when you're supposed to come in and be like, well, the, the thing is, they have the same marketing agent. Like, you had nothing like that? I nothing. I, all I would tell you is that I, I think that the... CPS Network has a huge, huge desire to have Zach Wilson be a very good player for the next several years. He is going to be the prince of the AFC like if they had their way. And Romo doesn't have incentive to try to get paid or something, but he, you know, he's a very, very strong company are you saying, man.
3: Are you saying that the Tennessee-Baltimore game doesn't do as good a ratings as a Jets? I'm not, no, I don't know if it does or not,
4: Peter. All I'm saying is if Zach Wilson was on, let's say, the 49ers or something or someone in the NFC, I don't know. I mean... He just said he's in the top three? <laughs> Not even like, okay, there's a way to do this. Really exciting player. I think he's gonna be a really good player in this league for a long time. He said top three quarterbacks in the league. He's never seen him play a game based on what he checked a few passes against the Packers, or you're looking at like Mountain West footage, like I don't know what this was. This is wild. But and I like the excitement, but like, oh my god, guys, do this a week from now after he's plays one professional game.
1: Is it matter, <laughs> does it matter so much more that he did it twice? Yeah, the first time you did it, you guys didn't even want to talk about it really I necessarily. I brought it up, and it was like, "All right, Romo, like we get it. Like you're gonna pump every like we do. We do it to all 32 teams. There's optimism around the league. Is it that he doubled down and went back? Because you guys are completely different on this this time good around.
4: Good call. Well, the first one was at the golf tournament, right?
1: Utah, yeah. All right, I read so. The quote.
4: Those golf tournaments, they're out. You're outdoors. You're in, you're, there's an intoxication, maybe an actual intoxication yeah, it, for some it, of them. It's, this is not a
3: call. It's in Utah that golf tournament. Yeah. Where it's all his oh, fan base. Yeah, yeah. He's a BYU guy. You're also at elevation. Yeah. Uh, elevation. <laughs> he says to his people in Utah, like, yeah, he's going to be great. And but the then yeah.
1: second one, you're like, what is happening?
3: And it's like, this was a media call. So you know, the Jets beat reporters are on it. They're going to pick it up. But it's like Neil Best and Michael McCarthy and Richard Deitch and like those guys. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and like, I think they're probably like. Did I just get the quote of the year, like, on this, like, media call? Like, yeah. it, it
4: can't, you want to talk <laughs> Usually, CBS? It, like, week two, Zach Wilson will play the Patriots. Yeah. Like, that, that's a game. That is a big game. And D'Angelo, like, the guy could throw three picks and lose by 30 points. We have no idea. Exactly. And that's going to be a very strange take at that point. But just, we can't resist. The, the season is one week away, mm-hmm. and everyone just wants to get takes and talk football. Like, can we just, even us as a show... Can we wait seven more days to wait? As at least, pre-draft,
3: Daniel Jeremiah was like, "There are Brady, (laughs) there are Brady traits in Mac Jones, like the way he's in the pocket. There are Brady traits. There's a way to couch this. Romo went all in. He went all in. He called him a." before long, he's going to be a top three quarterback in the NFL. Right. I, right. Usually, I, 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 I usually hate what this he's stuff. he's looking
2: at. Yeah, what is
1: it? Well, I usually he hate this just, stuff because he's looking, I guess, at his uh, unreal at his college talent. Film,
2: a couple plays from the preseason. He's ceiling. He
1: keeps talking about the ceiling.
2: Everyone it's, has that ceiling, okay? okay. But So nah, he's saying. You've to so climb saying, the ladder
1: first, though. I think it's fine. I usually hate this kind of stuff. <laughs> it's like, don't put pressure on I, There's a bunch of Jets fans. We live here in New York. We're in Manhattan. And even this morning, you're like, just shh. Just roll. Just shh. But... I'm okay with it as long as Jets fans understand that this is not the same situation that Patrick Mahomes is in. Draw the comparisons to the talent. Do it for him. Do it for Aaron Rodgers. But Zach Wilson, just understand, Jets fans, there's no Tyreek Hill there. There's no Travis Kelsey. And there's no no offense to Sala, There's no offensive mastermind named Andy Reid. You have Michael Floor, uh, Sala. They're both new at their positions. The expectation has to be different because the situation is different. I think as long as like Jets fans understand that, and they probably won't, they'll be yeah. lighting up those. I don't, don't know mind. if they're
3: excited. Like I feel like Jets fans are so conditioned to like hearing this about Sam Darnold, Mark mm-hmm. Sanchez, mm-hmm. Chad Pennington over the years. Like I almost think they look at it like, oh Tony, you don't get it. Like yeah, Tony, like I know you like, but you don't get it. We get it. Um, to your point though, like I was big on Mahomes. And everyone thought I, I compared him to Favre, and it was like, "All right, I'm going to lose my job. I yeah. can't say that." You went crazy. with I went that. crazy with Mahomes, That's right. and I've made a you know a lot of this out of it because it worked out. Like maybe Romo's maybe right. right, and we're all wrong. Right, but if he's not him, right, I'm it's like, not an oh. indictment
1: on Wilson. Is my point? If yeah. it? ah. the team is developing and they need like like let's not pretend this is going to be like we're going to the, the AFC Championship now. It's not the same situation that Mahomes was put in year one, year two, year three when he went to the Super Bowl back to back.
4: Sure. Even if it was, sure. I can't imagine. I like <laughs> if if someone on that call, you, you were mentioning people like Richard Dice, like that's when I wanted them to scream at Romo. All right, he's top three. Who are you taking off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's yeah. not? not? Is he better than Rodgers and Wilson and all these guys? Now D- D'Angelo, any shot that a year from now we'd play back this segment, we're like, God. That's why Romo makes the big bucks. That's We're why. stupid. He's That's right. Where he where is we top three. Are, he's
2: where he is. He is top three. If it is, he deserves those, right. those big bucks because, I mean, we, we all know he can predict the future when it comes to play calling, right? Okay. Maybe he, maybe he sees it. something we don't see. <laughs> I don't know.
1: But we do see it. We're excited about he that. We should have saw it when yeah. he played,
2: though. i tell excited. you that. i I'm mean excited. We'll see. Tony, f- f- for a guy that has played the position and understands the amount of pressure that comes, man, he just... He just put a lot of pressure on that young fellow.
1: At GMFB with your thoughts. I'm trying to take a little of that pressure off of him. I think we all are here at the breakfast table. Now, Aaron Rodgers, Jameis Winston, they go head-to-head week one. We get Saints Packers. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. What should we expect from this NFC showdown? Breaking that up next.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.
1: for today's wake-up call. Let's start in Green Bay, where Packers head coach Matt LaFleur discussed how his veteran squads preparing for the upcoming season.
5: Really committed to doing whatever it takes to, to be our best this season, and we're, we're optimistic, but we know you have to earn it in this league. Nothing's going to ever be given to you. And we'll get everybody's best shot, because uh, I do think that, you know, just the success that naturally that we've had the last couple of years people will be gunning for us so um we gotta we gotta show up to work each and every day and attack it the right way and and bring that energy bring that effort and and earn everything we get
1: He's like, yeah, Sean Payton, we went to the NFC Championship game. We've been successful the past couple of years, and that's their matchup week one. It is Packers. It is Saints. One important note, uh, Hurricane Ida, of course, that going on, the game will officially be played in Jacksonville instead of New Orleans as the city recovers from Hurricane Ida. So let's talk early expectations. This is one of my favorite games on the oh, docket yeah. for week one, Kyle.
4: A couple weeks ago, we stumbled upon comparing Jameis Winston to the Dancing Six Flags mascot guy. (laughs) Because the style of play is just so up and down, it's like a roller coaster. Terrifying, man. Terrifying. Uh, Terrifying, but memorable. The Jameis bus is coming. Uh, Just the style of play. So uh, every Saints game for me this year is just going to be like, where's Jameis' head at? Where is he? Is he down? Is he up? And just right out of the gates, we have a really unusual psychological right turn here where they're not home, and they're playing in a neutral site, and there is no Superdome, and there are no fans, and there is no whistle man. Or they're playing in Jacksonville. And yet, maybe for Jameis, this might be a good thing. Um, he's back in Florida. There's not the pressure of that man on the afro and the boxing gloves. Like, it's not like you this crazy, raucous, uh, coliseum-type apps Or maybe there's a different energy there which takes it off. They have an emotional factor going for them. I actually think in a weird way I like that for Jameis Winston, the athlete. What I don't like is, like... You're playing the Packers and Rodgers. Jameis, I I think I need 35 points out of you today. Like, we can't win this game with 27. You got to give me 30, 38 maybe because Rodgers is going to be nuts. So I don't like that at all, the Jameis being like, okay, I I need 40 points, I'll just start chucking it. Because you start chucking it against Rodgers. Like, he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't throw interceptions. Like, you'll lose badly psychological stuff up and down here, weird setting and high offensive pressure that the Saints are going to have to put out. I don't love the recipe. Yeah,
3: and these Saints players have families. The Saints coaches have families. They're going to be on the road. Some of them are in Dallas. Some of them stay back Mm -hmm. in in Louisiana. Some of them are going to Jacksonville for this game. This is just... You feel so bad on the human level, but then when you talk about like competitive football stuff, it's a huge disadvantage. Like they're now a traveling band, and they're going to this city, to that city, to mm-hmm. this city, and I don't think that bodes well for the Saints who are going through this huge transition year. And you don't have obviously Drew Brees to say, "Hey guys, follow me. I've been mm-hmm. through this before. Yeah. I'll take you there." <laughs> like we've been down this road, or you don't have Mike Thomas to say, "Hey, just just put it on me. I'll get it." That's a tough. So I feel like it's it's a tough it's a tough drop. Obviously, human wise, it's the biggest story. But for the Saints to have this to happen a week before, and when you're talking about a new era of Saints football, it's just another mm-hmm. obstacle that they've got to get mm-hmm. over football-wise. And mm-hmm. gosh, I don't know if this team is ready for that just now.
2: Yeah, I mean, everything the Saints are dealing with, and then couple that with Aaron Rodgers is coming in, coming to play. And you best believe he's got a chip on his shoulder. If we thought A-Rod had a chip on his shoulder last year and wanted to prove something, mm-hmm. I mean, this year you're going to get every he has, and you best believe those guys that's with him, Devontae Adams, Mm -hmm. Aaron Jones, the rest of that cast of guys, uh, Tunyon the tight end who's turned into an absolute stud. Mm -hmm. I mean, that offense is rolling. And something that I think we just forget about is how really good that defense can be, right? Joe Barry's the new defensive coordinator down there. So I expect them to kind of go through a little bit of growing pains just with learning that scheme. You
3: played in his defense. What is that? What's the difference between that from what they have with Pettin? Well, it's a little bit more
2: zone-oriented. Um, he's going to allow guys to get pressure on the quarterback. That's the number one thing. You have to pressure the quarterback. So you talk about Jameis Winston trying to get comfortable in the pocket when you got – Preston Smith coming at you, Z'Darrius Smith. Um, that great secondary, I think, doesn't get enough credit. I mean, Jr. Alexander is a lockdown mm-hmm. corner. No doubt. They have two safeties that, I mean, can can flat-out play ball. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to put both of them um, <laughs> in my top ten in the league because they both make just a tremendous amount of plays. And so, I mean, you couple that defense with Aaron Rodgers pissed off and mm-hmm. coming to prove something mm-hmm. and letting everybody mm-hmm. know this is my farewell tour. Uh, farewell, farewell tour. Uh-huh. It's going down. It Aaron's is going pissed down off. You think? Oh, absolutely. Oh. Well, I'm not pissed off from. He's, a He's posting
1: it. every um, smiley photo in the entire world I mean, on Instagram has so all day long. Much to
2: prove because yeah? he knows this. This is the last hurrah for him. Huh. At least I feel that way in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I feel like he wants to continue to get that stock to rise and rise and have every team in the National Football League trying to bid for his services mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. The
1: Saints are so up against it. Even just yep. listening to it, you've got no Michael Thomas going up against the Packers off the road. Jameis Winston. I think I think they like it this way, and I know that Drew Brees is not there to be like we've been through this. I'm the leader. I don't know that Drew Brees was the one that was like adversity, bring it. The world's against us, bring it. That's their head coach. Mm-hmm. That's the tone of the show, mm-hmm. or of the of the team set through him, not Drew Brees. I don't I don't see Drew Brees and think, and I don't know him personally that he's like this. Like, yeah, he doesn't have that like same Brady, like, us versus them vibe. He just doesn't. I think that's very much feeds into what Coach Payton has said. Even in faced with all this adversity, having to move around, move the team to Dallas, all of that, he's like, I have a feeling this might be okay. This might bring us together. So I was listening to what he was saying, and it's sort of on the same vibe that you are here. If Think about just, you know, we're saying, like, oh, it's not a good recipe. What if they win? Mm-hmm. What What statement, biggest, clearly, out the gate win of Jameis Winston's career, if he can come off the gates and win week one, it says so much about the team. It's saying, okay, whatever, Degrees, transition, adversity, we are here to contend. No Michael Thomas, no problem. If they pull out a win over Green Bay, that just shifts everything for me in the NFC because I think a lot of people don't have high expectations for the Saints. It's a huge question mark. It's valid. There are so many question marks. It's crazy what it means for them, what it means for the Gulf Coast region right now to get a win week one. All those families just play everything going on. There's families without power still down there in New Orleans. To get a win week one against the Packers would be amazing.
4: It would be an incredible story. D'Angelo, you were you were making some special expressions. Yeah, right because now. I'm
2: almost it? like if if the Saints win that game, uh-huh. I think it's, it's, it's more of an indictment on Green Bay. Uh-huh. Because we're expecting Green Bay to be a really good football team. And so knowing all that adversity that we're talking about, the Saints have to go through and play with. Right. All the thoughts that's on their minds. Uh I've been in, in in similar situations. And, yes, as a player, you always say, hey, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. But you're always uh-huh. worried. About it. You're always thinking about what's going on at home. Um, And so, yeah, I think it'll be a bigger indictment on Green Bay. And maybe they're not as good. Maybe, you know, I'm saying Aaron is going to be, you know, pick right back up where he left off at. But what if he doesn't? Right. If he doesn't, what what, what does this say about this Packers football team moving forward?
3: Picking up where where Kay's coming from, that 2006 season after Katrina, you know, Sean Payton, they not only leaned into that, but the community really rallied around that, Mm -hmm. and it became America's story, too. Remember, they were like, let's go play the Giants. Mm -hmm. It'll be our home game. Let's go play the Giants in New Jersey. We don't care. We'll play you anywhere. We'll take you on. So that the next season, they were like, all right, we're going to the Super Bowl. Like, we've been through it Mm -hmm. all, and that's where you can kind of do this. There was also another take. I spoke to an NFL head coach yesterday, and I was like, I just feel so much for the Saints, what that organization. And he goes, you know what? It's kind of weird because they've been practicing in sweltering 100-degree heat this whole summer down there in New mm. Orleans. And he was like, I always felt like when they go in that Superdome, it's air-conditioned... It Jacksonville is going to be a hundred like oh, that is going to harder be harder place like, to play. Saints is like we're ready for this. We're yeah, conditioned for this. This yeah. is what we practice in. Come on, Packers. You've been up there like and I know it's hot in Wisconsin in the summer, but it's hey, let's go. Maybe they lean into that as well. There's so many like different like, psychological ways you could take. Wasn't that the deal last year too? Like so they,
4: they opened against the Bucks last year. I mean it was a big time game that they won. And remember, Peter, you had told us all that stuff about how Peyton was handling COVID and they're all going to stay in a hotel and yeah. like they rallied around yes, that very they differently did. too and then
3: came out and won. Yeah, they all were sequestered in the Lowe's Hotel in New right? Orleans, when other teams were not. Peyton was like, it's us against the world. It's us against the world thing.
1: Is week one a liar?
4: Oh, my God, the biggest liar of all time. Jacksonville won last year week one, and then they lost 15 straight games. My point is always never judge anybody on week one. There's weird games. I still think the Lions are going to beat the Niners week one. I'm going to say it again. (laughs) So don't trust the results of week one. So maybe the New Orleans can win. But with
1: someone like Jameis, if he gets that win, what that would do for him, right, his confidence and stuff for us this season, like I think week one would really matter.
4: It's huge. That would be a that would be a, a table-flipping win if Rodgers loses week one after the MVP season. Last year, Rodgers put up 43 points week <laughs> one in the, in the, against Minnesota. I mean, he was awesome, but that would be nuts.
1: Back in going on in Jacksonville, not New Orleans, because they're dealing with the aftermath yeah. of Hurricane Ida. It is very real. Our thoughts and prayers with everyone in the state of Louisiana, the entire Gulf Coast region, people affected by severe weather, other disasters, even here on the East Coast. We're in a state of emergency in New Jersey, in New York City. People need help. Right now, if you can help support those impacted by Hurricane Ida, text us the three letters IDA, IDA, to 90999. It automatically donates $10 to Red Cross relief uh, for Hurricane Ida. Redcross.org slash donate for more information there. Thoughts with you, everyone dealing with uh, all of this flash flooding, everything going on up and down the Eastern seaboard. Now, Cam Newton, the biggest name to not make a team's roster this year. What about those who did make a tray?
3: There are so many great names, undrafted players, international players who are playing in the NFL week one. We're going to go through the guys who made through the 53, the best of the best story-wise after this. So with rosters being cut down this week to 53 guys, there are a lot of sad stories about players who did not make the team. But there are a lot of amazing, redeeming stories of players who did. I wanted to go through five different stories of players who made the 53 that were not only long shots, but were told that they wouldn't at some point in their life. Here we go. Top five stories of players <laughs> making the 53-man roster. Very direct in explaining what this segment is. It must Let's have been th- hard to pick, Peter. right? <laughs> so many. Right? There are over, I think, 600 undrafted players who made Final 53. So wow. Like wow. No, and these are, your, these are the five? These are the five. Okay. Starting number five, it is a seventh-round pick. It is Colts wide receiver... Michael Strawn. Uh-huh. Now his name is spelt Straychan, like the Hall of Famer Strahan with a C, but it's pronounced strong His story is incredible. So seventh round pick at the University of Charleston, that's a division two school, so you don't see a lot of division two players. He was one of three just drafted this entire season. So now here's what we got here. This is a player who is, get this, six foot six, 227 pounds, and at Charleston would just dominate because of his size. Strawn is from the Bahamas. Okay? Ah, cool. Did not play much football growing up. Comes to the Bahamas, has a wingspan that is 82 inches. Wow. 82 inches. This is your physical, like, what? But even when he got to Colts camp, it was like, all right, let's see what we got. And then he's there with T.Y. and Pittman and Zach Pascal, and he's holding his own. And by the end of camp, it was like, not only is Strawn going to make it, this guy might play a real role on the team. He was aiming to compete in the Olympics in 2020. They had the whole thing, he was training to do track and field for Bahamas. COVID hits and he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna focus on football. He was told a million times, football, you're a division two player from the Bahamas who did not grow up with football. Guess what? Made awesome. the 53, wow. probably dress week one. Unbelievable. Happy for that kid, Michael that strong. strong. Number four, there's a whole, uh, I wanna say community of young men and women who have been told, you're just too small. You'd be great if you were three inches taller. Like you're just too small. Insert Jarrett Patterson Love in Washington. It. All right. Who My has God. dispelled all of that forever? Jarrett Patterson is a five foot seven running back in the NFL who did everything you possibly could do at the University of Buffalo the past few years. While at Buffalo, get this this guy ran for 3,800 yards and 52 touchdowns. <laughs> there go. He had eight rushing touchdowns in one game against Kent State. One game, he had eight rushing touchdowns. He was a high school teammate. Of D'Angelo, you know this story. Talk about it. Chase Young's high school teammate, all right? The two guys grew up together. Yeah. Chase Young and Jarrett Patterson. Look at he goes it. undrafted, ends up being assigned undrafted free agent in Washington. It's a nice story, right? Five foot seven running back. What's he? We got our guys, we got Antonio Gibson, we got McKissick. comes into camp, dominates. Goes to the preseason, dominates, has a huge second preseason game. It's all over the place. And Jarrett makes the team five foot seven five foot seven Was a second team all-american guess what undrafted still makes the squad i love stories like this eight rushing touchdowns in a game and still goes undrafted it's what it is shout out to saint vincent pilati high school in maryland where now, Chase Young, who would later transfer, mm-hmm. and Jared Patterson both are from and now get to play together in that area in wow. Washington. How about
4: Washington's front office? Shout out to them. And the fact that they undrafted a guy, they found him and loved him. Unbelievable. It's so
3: good. Good job, Martin Mayhew and yeah. the boys. All right, number three. This is a story you've been following on Hard Knocks. I don't want to spoil anything because you're just uh-huh. watching on Hard Knocks. You might not know it. Azul makes the team. Azor Kamara makes the team. The young man from the Ivory Coast who has been chronicled on Hard Knocks this entire offseason, he makes the final 53, and they are hard on him on Hard Knocks. You're watching uh, all of the different coaches being like, come on, Azor. Come. You're just getting screamed at for, for hitting the quarterback at one point. He, like, hit Dak, don't do that in practice. And then at other points, not pursuing the right way. Well, it's from the Ivory Coast ends up in Arizona when he's 10 years old, having never heard of football, never playing football, from Ivory Coast. He had been separated from his mother who got here she rejoins with her kids at the age of 10, and then he picks up football and then goes to the University of Kansas and starts to ball out and is this a physical specimen. The Cowboys, their defense was putrid last year. They could have gone out and signed a bunch of guys for big money. They could have drafted just all defense line. Zor Kamara was on the team last year on the practice squad. at the University of Kansas. We don't know much about him as a player yet, but we're learning about him on Hard Knocks. Born and raised in the Ivory Coast. He flees the Ivory Coast during a civil war. Moves to the United States where his mother was already, and he reunites with his mother after years of being apart at age 10. Did not play any football until he gets to high school. Goes out there in Arizona and balls out. Has 26 sacks as a senior in high school. And is signed as an undrafted free agent. And naturally makes his way onto the team. You'll love to see it. I hope he has a chance to dress in an NFL game, but he made the final 53. Spoiler, Hard Knocks fans. I'm sorry. zoo, which his mom is yelling throughout the entire preseason. He makes the squad. All right, number two is a player who is close to our show and he's going to get carries and he is going to play on special teams. And you're gonna see him Sunday night against the Bears dressed and like making plays. Ladies and gentlemen, Rams running back, Jake Funk. Yeah!
4: Jake Funk. We got the
3: funk. Don't funk. Don't fake the funk. That's the dunk. Jake Funk not only made the team, guys. You know, I talk to those coaches, like he's gonna play, like he's got a role in the offense. I'm talking, it could be five carries. Could be more than five Not special teams. Offense. Offense. He's in the McVay offense. Offense. He's going to play (laughs) for them. Jake Funk, who was a seventh-round pick out of Maryland, who came on our show, and no one had ever heard of Jake Funk on our show. I mean, he had a a huge year after. This is the story. This guy tore both ACLs in college. Mm. 2018 tore one ACL. 2019 tore the other ACL. Has a big 2020, but, like, he's at Maryland. No one's really on the radar. Maybe the special teams guy. Comes on Good Morning Football. We asked him, "Why should a team draft Jake Funk?" Listen to this answer and tell me if you're not ready to run through a wall for Jake Funk.
5: Starting with the running game, I think um, I'm a guy who's a very productive runner. I'm a guy who is a downhill one cut back um, that you know gives that takes what the defense gives and never you know gets negative yards. I, I don't like to dance. I like to you know keep the offense on track um, in the run game. And then also on top of that, I think. You know, I'm a very versatile player. I think I'm somebody that you can motion out into the slot, um, become a receiving threat, um, be a mismatch in that game, as well as, um, you know, on special teams. I've played every single special teams in my career at Maryland, um, racked up 30 tackles in over two years on the, uh, you know, the coverage units. And I I think that, you know, within itself could be a weapon. Um, And really, you know, I I take pride in being more than just a running back. You know, I'm a football player at heart. and being able to just make plays all over the field, whether that's um, ru- whether that's running, receiving, blocking, or covering kicks and tackling. Um, I think, you know, I, I do all the basics of football very, very, very well, and I think it rounds out my game and, you know, creates a very versatile player where you're gonna get more than just a running back if you end up drafting, me.
3: I mean, he awesome. sold himself on our show. I, the Rams guys loved it, and then he loved it once he was selected by them. Uh, he's going to play. He's on. He's, he's going to make the team. He made it. He's going to dress, and he is going to get carries in that Rams offense out of the gate. So, Jake Funk. So good. Congratulations. And the number one player, the number one best story. Who beats is, Funk? You got to beat the Funk. Let's go. Do you guys know about Browns offensive guard, Michael Dunn? Tell me. Have you heard this guy's story? D'Angelo, as a player who has had so many guys on your teams who have done the NFL journey of practice squad to practice squad to practice squad. I know you'll appreciate this guy. Number 68, Michael Dunn. Alright, how do I even go about this? Undrafted in Maryland, another Maryland guy. Wow. Alright, he's played in seven games. Alright, so he's played in the NFL and he actually started one of them in the playoffs too. Okay, But here is his story. Undrafted by the Rams, okay, in June of 2017. Waved by the Rams, signed by the Rams practice squad. Signed to the active roster, signed by the Jaguars. Jaguars practice squad, off the practice squad. Jaguars practice squad, on the practice squad. Yeah. Then played for the Birmingham Iron of the AAF, the Alliance of American Football. Well, they suspended operations and stopped being a thing, and he had to find another job, so he signs with the Dolphins. I'm going to make the Dolphins, right? Doesn't make the Dolphins. Then goes and is drafted by the Seattle Dragons of the XFL. Yes, the Seattle Dragons of the XFL. Well, guess what? COVID-19 hits. There's no more XFL, so he's out of that league. Signed by the Browns in August of last year, waived by the Browns in September of last year, signed by the Browns to the practice squad after that in 2020, and finally would be lifted up to the active roster during the season a few times. And for the first time in his long journey, which includes a lot of stops, this young man made the final 53 for the first time of his life. Michael Dunn, it has been a journey. And all those practice squads and all those new, like, t-shirts with the Dragons logo that doesn't exist or the iron logo that doesn't exist, you made the squad. Remember the Cleveland Browns. Congrats to you. There you go. Let's go. Five different players. Unorthodox journeys to the NFL. Different kinds of stories. I know we talk a lot about Cam Newton and some of the other guys who didn't make teams. Let's celebrate some of the guys that did. Unbelievable.
4: It is now a done deal. That that should (laughs) be the new t-shirt. I'll say for Jake Funk is, Peter, offensive coaches hate 2nd and 11, and they hate 3rd and 13. What he said about, I, I'm a guy who keeps the offense on track, that is a coordinator's dream. They're always talking about, we got to stay on schedule, stay on schedule, one cut runner, and we know that McVeigh ate it up, and that's why he is where he is. Yeah, is we'll, awesome.
3: There will never be a 3-yard loss because he's dancing right. in the backfield. That is the has a value in that. That <laughs> is Jake Funk right there.
1: There is a Darren Sproul-sized uh, hole where my heart used to be, and <laughs> I need that filled by Jarrett Patterson. I need him to be a thing. Not only incredible that he made it, he's in the NFL, he's 5'7", he's got all these cool crazy his accomplishments are insane uh but the fact that they only kept mckissick antonio gibson and jared patterson there are only three running backs on this entire washington football team roster he could be a thing
2: he could definitely be a thing Ken. i had an opportunity to interview jared patterson and you know the way he looked at me he was like man i grew up watching you yeah. and I'm looking at him like bro you are a stud mm. yeah and let me I go you the background the only reason he got in camp we gave a shout out to the front office it was because Chase Young. Mm. Is he that right? Did Chase, up, did yeah, Chase make the statement? He walked stand? into the okay. front office and said, hey, guys, y'all need to take a look at this kid. He's really? one of my high school teammates. He's a really good player. Just bring him in and try it out. And I said, man, Chase, you might have a future in the front office, Bro. man. He found him a stud. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Awesome. Found a it. stud. It's like he threw him a block. That's yeah. cool. <laughs>
1: Top five stories of players making the 53-man roster brought to Set. you by Peter Strager. More, oh, G. McPhee, oh, how do you got your headlines here? Week one is seven days away. Eight, yeah. Oh, seven. Uh, eight? Seven. 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 A week from today is yeah. kickoff. Giants head coach Joe Judge has an interesting mantra talking oh. NFL team mantras next.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
1: We've got lots to talk about some headlines. Week one is one week away. Will Selva's on the West Coast with the news. Will, take it away.
6: All right, thank you, Kay. And guys, I know there were a lot of people expecting big things at a friend of the show and Vikings tight end Irv Smith Jr. Kay, you being one of them. In fact, you had him as one of your top fantasy tight ends. But alas, sorry, Kay, you're going to have to rework those rankings, at least if we get a little bit, that's because Smith, unfortunately, was placed on injured reserve Wednesday after undergoing meniscus surgery that will sideline him for four to five months. That would put an end to his 2021 season before it even began. Minnesota trading for tight end Chris Herndon on Tuesday to help fill the void. In Kansas City, NFL Network's Tom Palacero reporting safety Tyron Matthew placed on the reserve COVID-19 list after testing positive for the virus. Matthew is reportedly vaccinated, so he would need two negative tests at least 24 hours apart to return to the team. Joe Judge and the Giants hoping to do something this season the franchise hasn't done since 2016. That, my friends, would be to make the playoffs. Heck, they haven't even had a winning season since then either. Judge knows playing fundamentally sound football is the key to turning things around.
5: We talk all the time being smart, tough, fundamentally sound. That ties into being smart, know the assignment, the execution, tough, physically and mentally tough be able to go out there and handle adversity and then fundamentally sound has a position to have good execution every play. Every good play starts a good fundamental. So, you know, we're always stressing those three principles to make sure that we're not having turnovers, penalties, mental errors. That's obviously a key component for us. It's tough enough to win a game in the National Football League. If you put yourself behind the eight ball with self inflicted wounds, it becomes even tougher.
6: Ooh, lots of there by Coach Judge as G-Men and Judge are facing some questions, of course, the health of their running back, Saquon Barkley, mm. and whether Daniel Jones, their quarterback, will take that next step. And his belief is that, quote, you've got to learn how to stop losing before you can win. So that is a loaded statement. At one point in time, <laughs> Hall of Famer Bill Walsh said that champions behave like champions before becoming champions. So, I guess Joe Mm. Judge having his own spin on what he's looking forward to this season. All into the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Heck, he's into the big fundamental, Tim Duncan. But it's all about fundamentals
2: there. (laughs) Oh, that was a good one. Big fundamental. I like that.
1: Devin Singletary stopping by the program. we have got lots to talk about. Now,
3: the target, it's on your back. People know you guys are coming. You're not the hunters. You're the hunted. How's it feel as you enter this season with all this Super Bowl hype and expectations for Buffalo?
7: And well, you know, um, you know, all that's cool, you know, it feels good, but at the end of the day, you know, it's still work to be done. Got to take it day by day, you know, really, we just got to continue to focus on ourselves to keep, you know, bettering ourselves, stacking those good days. That's really what it come down to.
1: Traig says you're hunted. You're hunted by everyone but the Chiefs, unfortunately. That was the team that you had to beat in the AFC Championship game. It was a heartbreaker. We want that win for you this year. <laughs> What is your perception? Like what do you think of the Kansas City Chiefs?
7: Uh we know we know they the big dogs. You know, they done went to the Super Bowl um back-to-back back years. Um, but to be honest, I mean, we can't really be focusing on them right now. We gotta focus on ourselves, worry about ourselves, and um, you yeah, know, we gotta worry about them later, but we know they the big dogs.
2: So, Devin, Buffalo is a team with a True two-back tandem, the carries are split evenly between yourself and Zach, Moss. and Zach Moss. How is the dynamic between you two? How do you feel about the system you have in place?
7: And uh, we, we love it, you know, especially for running backs. You know, you could, you could get the ball out the backfield as far as catching it. And uh, we know we're going to run it when we have to. But um, as far as me and Zach Moss, uh, I mean, that's my brother, man. You know, uh, we feed off each other's energy. Day in and day out, you know, I make a big play. He want to make a big play. He make a big play, I want to make a big play. With that being said, we making big plays. We only helping the team, you know, ultimately reach the goal that we want to reach.
4: You know, there's a lot of brotherhoods in Western New York, including one that we saw on a rogue uh, golf cart or John Deere (laughs) SUV or something. What's your message to the Bills Mafia as we start a really, really important, exciting season?
7: Man, they don't, I don't think they understand how happy we are, you know, to have them back in the building, you know, how much they help us when they in the building, making all that noise, um, man, my, my message to them is, man, be ready to turn up all year, it's gonna be a fun one, and, uh, keep bringing that energy that y'all bring, you know, because, Our opponents, they don't like that energy that y'all bring, but we love it. Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) No, they don't. I didn't play in Buffalo. Mm -hmm, It's it's Mm -hmm. hard.
3: Devin, I was going to ask a question about the run game balance, and we can do that at another time. Josh Allen, he got paid. Tell us about him. What's he like? And is he the man in Buffalo moving forward? Is he going to be the one that's going to lead you guys to a Super Bowl? Uh, He's definitely
7: the man. Everybody loves 17, everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. Y'all know that's our general, you know, and that's our leader. Uh, Everybody know he got that dog. He going to bring it day in and day out. Uh, you know, we just excited this. everybody else to see, you know, how things play out this year. You know, we know he going to bring it week in and week out. What
1: does that mean, though? Let's really talk. Can he be better? Can he be better this year? He's taken so many leaps from first year to second year. Can he be better this year? Do you think so with what you've seen?
7: Uh, I believe so. I feel like it's always room for growth. Uh, I know Josh. I mean, he's been putting that work, still
4: putting that work. So um, it won't surprise me if he's better this year than he was last year. Wouldn't surprise us either. He uh, said in the offseason that he has never personally broken a table, but he has a dream <laughs> of doing it one day during a Super Bowl parade. And, uh, Motor, I'm sure you will be there with him. Thank you for joining us. Really exciting year, the 2021 Bills, and we know you're a huge part of it. Thank you so much, Devin. I appreciate y'all for having me. You got it, man.
1: Last week, the Eagles and the Jags made a trade to bring Gardner Minshew to Philadelphia. So now that he's there, he shared with reporters the first interaction he had with his head coach, Nick Sirianni. Take a listen. I, love this. I think
5: love uh, think the most we've talked about anything was uh, actually when he's at Indianapolis. I took a draft visit and uh, we were playing horse and it was getting pretty competitive and I had a button up on. And I had to take that off because uh, the game was getting a little too competitive. And uh, I think that really stood out. So I think that um, might have actually played a role into why I'm here. Can you tell us who won that game of force? Dang, yeah, he did. Um, but you know, I was up, and then we started talking ball. He's kind of distracted me. Uh, I took my shirt off, and it didn't help. And uh, he just continued to beat me. So, but that's uh, so why I'm back. I'm back for revenge. <laughs>
1: Back for Revenge. First, it's Nick Sirianni playing rock, paper, scissor to measure players' competitiveness. Now we're hearing about horse games. I don't even have to ask this table. How we feel about Minshew's story and Sirianni's Mm. approach, Kyle? Do I?
4: Minshew's incredible to watch. There's something, he's like a redneck Ryan Fitzpatrick, like kind of that (laughs) vibe. And I believe it. I think it's completely authentic. And then I also love Sirianni. Like, I, you know, people, what what does he do next? Does he do bloody knuckles? Mm -hmm. Does he do that game where where you go like that? Like, that's the ultimate test of a competitor. Uh, But I I, I love um, Gardner Minshew, and we've talked about it for a few weeks. Even when he was back with Jacksonville, he should go somewhere. He should play. And maybe there's this motion of, like, he will be starting for the Eagles this year. Yeah. Let me show you something really interesting. Uh, There's an account called WTF Stats on Instagram that has incredible nuggets, and I I follow them, and I like it. All right, these are guys with 300-yard passing and 60 yards in one game. Steve Young is an all-time leader with four. Michael Vick did it four times. Russell Wilson, three times. 300 yards and 60 yards rushing. Jalen Hurts, in four starts, has done it two times. Steve Young, it took 143. Michael Vick, 115, did it four. Wow. So Jalen Hurts, like... That is an incredible company to be in. And, okay, it's two games. He went off. He has that type of talent. So uh, I'm kind of caught up in this whole Gardner Minshew thing. I think I might be wrong. I think the talent for Jalen Hurts really is there, and they drafted to support it. And if you believe in Sirianni, who the hell knows? I think I'm backing off the Gardner Minshew thing. It's fun to get on it. But I
2: think Jalen has the talent, and we're going to see it. Wow. I agree with you. You do? I, I think Jalen Hurts is the guy. I, I I think his talent is undeniable. I just think he needs an opportunity. I, I just don't like what I'm hearing coming out of Philly, right? You just come out of a situation where you got Carson Wentz as, as your guy, and then you draft a guy like Jalen Hurts. And we know Jalen Hurts is a competitive guy who wants to be on the football field. Mm-hmm. So he finds his way on the football field. Now you fast forward. And now I'm hearing, man, you're going to trade for a guy like Garner Mitchell who, yes, I think Garner Mitchell can play in this league. I absolutely think he can play in this league. I don't, li- I don't think Jalen Hurts is looking over his shoulder, but why would you even remotely come close to that same type of scenario where you bring in a guy who's possibly – is going to take or has the ability to take that guy's spot.
1: Because you don't know if Hertz is the guy.
3: Well, yeah, I don't know if Hertz is the guy. Or but if the I, previous guy, Wentz, didn't have it up here to handle that, and yeah, maybe Hurts does.
2: Well, I know Hertz has it up here to handle it. Didn't know Carson didn't have it mm-hmm. up here to handle it. But it's just, like, you're just playing with fire, in my in, in my opinion. By bringing in Minshew. Yeah, by bringing in a guy like Garner Minshew. And then for Garner to, 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 to go out there on a limb and say, how this relationship, yeah, I came here for a little bit of revenge. He's letting everybody know, like, yeah, we got a little bit of a history. Mm -hmm. We got a little bit of a history. I want all y'all to know we got a little bit of a history, so when I get out there and I get an opportunity. That's what he's saying? This is why. This is why I came here. That's what I'm reading between the lines. It's not about a
1: game of horse.
2: Yeah, it ain't about a game of horse. It's about, hey, guys, I think I might come in here and take this spot at some point. Mm -hmm. And so I just don't like just the Eagles organization in general going down the same path. Mm -hmm. you got to learn from this. You hate the
3: Eagles. I I like it. I think it's smart. I mean, get as many reinforcements as you can and let the best man win. This is the football. This is not – I don't know when the football league became – let's put on our kids' gloves and make sure the starting quarterback feels good about his personal situation as he's making money and doing all that. Their whole lives, Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew, have been in rooms competing for that number one job. Mm -hmm. They know what it is. Gardner Minshew – was you know the sixth quarterback at Washington State and then ends up carrying a flag off the bus wearing jean shorts, taking them into their bowl game. Like mm-hmm. he knows what this is all about. And I gotta say I like Sirianni and some of the stories you're hearing. Like the fact that Minshew would come in for a visit as a you know late round quarterback. He's like, let's, you know, let's get to know each other, let's play some horse, mm-hmm. let's shoot around. And then it gets competed and it gets competitive. And I remember when Sirianni first got there, he, like, did a whole thing about the 2006 Villanova Wildcats and was like, here's why that team was successful, here's what made them tick, and here's why I like Mm -hmm. those guys. And then he talks about Kobe a lot. Like, I feel like Sirianni's a big thinker and things like Horse and Kobe, who's a Philly guy, and then the Mm -hmm. Villanova Wildcats, Jay Wright is an icon. Mm -hmm. there, like... He he has a way to connect with these players on a different level than just football X's and O's. I think Minshew is gonna gonna succeed there, and I mm-hmm. think Jalen Hurts is gonna thrive because of Minshew lighting a fire underneath them.
2: I just think it's lip service. I mean, we talk about playing horse and playing pop, uh, rock paper scissors during the combine, like. That's not, I've you know, I've been in those combine rooms. Like, you got, like, five or six minutes with a prospect. If you want to spend your five or six minutes playing horse or playing mm-hmm. paper, rock, scissors to yeah. see if I'm competitive, yeah. man, just put the film on. Uh-huh. Like, I-, I wish I'd have walked in there and been coming out for the draft and said- asked me to play What would you have said? Rock, paper, scissors. Uh Hey, coach, let's cut this film on. (laughs) That's what he said? Let me show you how I'm the number one corner in this draft. When Uh I talked to
1: Jalen Hurts, he told me he has – he's like – he (laughs) he also said nice things about (laughs) Nick Sirianni. They met in the draft process too. Jalen Hurts, he didn't tell me that they played a game together, but they had a relationship. Jalen Hurts made that very clear to me, so we'll see – what happened? I don't know if it, I don't know if it's a good... I, don't, I mean, it can't be a good thing that they brought you in. About I would think. I'm surprised you're more in on Jalen after they bring you
4: in. I'm impressed. I think he's talented. Plus, I heard he played Twister in his draft evaluation.
1: <laughs> good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring...